the Strategic Leader Podcast, episode number 252. This is a special edition. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and I am your host. Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast. Hey, if this is your first time joining us, we are especially grateful that you found us. Maybe you're a regular listener, and if you are, we're so grateful to have you in our community of leaders. Hey, we're in transition right now. We're preparing some wonderful, new, and exciting things for you on this podcast with our website and so on. And while we're in the process of transition, we are bringing you some incredible content. Today's not going to be any exception to that at all. We're grateful you're here. I hope you're ready to dive deep, get started, and become the leader that God has created you to be. Let's get started, everybody. Before we go to our featured interview today, I have this special announcement for you. Anyone that knows me knows that my driving philosophy is that there is always a next level to achieve. The challenge for so many is that we get so busy doing the things we know to do And we become stuck in the same patterns, hanging out with the same people, doing the same things, living with the same results all the time. And this, my friends, is called the status quo. Uh, The truth is, is that most people never do find their way to a next level kind of life. They do just enough to get by. Their relationships are just good enough to keep them entertained. Their businesses, their ministries are doing just well enough to provide them some sense of meaning. They never seem to break through to their full potential. They never seem to expand their reach to what it really could be. And there are so many reasons why people settle for mediocrity and the mundane. Maybe it's low self-esteem, it's fear, limiting beliefs, insufficient relationships, lack of support. Maybe it's just lack of information or a lack of knowledge. Five years ago, I found myself at a fork in the road. To the left, mediocrity, conformity, life-sucking relationships, and not a whole lot of hope. To the right, there was challenge, new information, new relationships, forward movement, progress, growth, and a new sense of purpose and hope. What if there was a way to blow past these obstacles and take your place on that next level? What if there was a system that provided you the support, the resources, the connections, and the information you needed to break free from the bondage of the same old, same old? What if you could plug into a time-tested, proven system that could catapult your life and your leadership to a completely new place? Well, you don't have to wonder anymore. I've recently created a free training program that will teach you exactly how I went from being completely stuck to living the life God intended me to live. This training will only be available for a few more days, and there's no cost to attend these classes, but you must register right away to get access. Go to brianholmes.com forward slash next level to register today. Well, I have a very special treat for you in this special edition episode today, my friend Aaron Walker is our guest today on the program. And Aaron is no stranger to the strategic living and strategic leader community. In fact, we had him on a couple of years ago, and 
his time with us was so incredible. You know, over the course of his career, he has successfully started, built, and sold a dozen businesses. He has invested over 38 years in the entrepreneurial world and has been married for 37 years. And if that doesn't demonstrate just an incredible level of commitment, tenacity, and perseverance, I don't know what does. Aaron's overcome incredible events in his life, some very catastrophic, very difficult times. And he has succeeded in the face of adversity and has held steadfast to his faith. And this, all of this, has equipped him with the experience and the wisdom necessary to teach you and I how to live our lives with intentionality, with meaning, and with purpose. Aaron is no stranger to this podcast. He's also no stranger behind the microphone. He has done hundreds of interviews as he has taken his message of life and leadership and perseverance and character around the world. It is a pleasure. It is absolutely my honor to have someone who I call a friend on the program today as we talk about a view from the top. Aaron Walker, it is so great to have you back on the Strategic Leader Podcast, man. Brian, thanks for having me on, buddy. I'm fired up. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you got so many awesome things going on. And I was looking at this a while ago to to just check my notes. And it's been almost two years since I've had you on the program, which that is unacceptable. That's ridiculous, man. We're going to have to step up the game here a little bit. We need to put it at like a regular date so we can make this happen because I love being on your show. Well, I appreciate that, man. And you always add such value. Uh, you and I have been friends for Gosh, five years at least, maybe? Long time. Yeah, long time. Sure has. It's been and, awesome, uh, too. I'll just be I, honest with you. I've Well, thank you for that. I've watched the the unbelievable breakthroughs and, and uh, just transitions and transformations that you've gone through. Now, you're a little bit older than me, but the fact is that you got started kind of late, but man, oh man, have you really been killing it the last couple of years. I'm I don't so know proud. how to take that. I don't know how to take, first of all, you're telling the whole world I'm older than you. And second <laughs> of all, I started at age 13. I don't know if I got started too awfully late or not. This is our 13th company. So I don't know if I got out of the gate late, or maybe you're just talking about I started late in this industry. I'm not sure which I mean by that, but all I can tell you is you're crushing it. And I am so proud of, of what, you're quite awesome. honestly, God's doing through your work and your life. And and it's encouraging to me, and I'll tell you why, and we'll, we'll get off in our other conversation in a moment, but why you inspire me so much is because uh, you've passed that mark that so many refer to as halftime, and you you took that as a challenge to say, what's next? Not, not I'm done. And I, I'm just so inspired to see that your greatest work is happening right now in this season of your life, and that's just encouraging to me. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I think God's been preparing me all along with the dozen businesses that we've owned, preparing me for such a time as this. And so, yeah. but the truth is, man, I'm having more fun right now, and life <laughs> change is happening more in guys uh, across the world than uh, than I could possibly hope for. So, thanks for saying that. that's encouraging. I uh, thank you, man. I I don't want to take a lot of time to recap 
all that we talked about in episode number 88. So for my audience, if you haven't heard uh, Aaron on the program before, go back and and go to brianholmes.com forward slash 088, episode number 88, or just go on our search uh, mechanism there on the website and search for Aaron Walker. Uh, That was a phenomenal interview in which you shared some of your backstory. And I want you to give us just a 30,000 foot overview of that real quick so we can bring everybody up to speed on on who you are kind of what you've been through and what's brought you to this point yeah thanks brian i won't take but a second but just for context i started at 13 working in a local retail store in nashville at age 18 i met a couple of guys with a lot of money because i didn't have any we opened our own retail outlet we grew it to four stores at 27 years old i sold out to a fortune 500 company i thought i was done i I really retired i got fat and lazy over the next 18 months went back bought the company i started with at 13 years old spent the next 10 years quadrupling that and then august 1st 2001 my life took a real change and i ran over and killed a pedestrian on the way to work august 1st 2001 and my life came to a screeching halt that day so i spent the next five years uh kind of unfolding that i retired and robin and i traveled and uh, we got our legs back under us because you don't go through an experience like that and just get over it but god gives you the grace to learn how to deal with it and he did me over that five-year period robin said hey listen you're getting fat and lazy again it's time to go back to work (laughs) so we went in the construction business we built high-end residents and small commercial over the next nine years uh, very successful company we took it to number one three consecutive years here in nashville tennessee i turned 50 and some of my buddies in my mastermind group, Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, uh, Ken Abraham, Jeff Mosley, some names you may or may not recognize, oh, yeah. uh, said, listen, you need to coach. And I'm like, I'm not coaching anybody. I've been working since I'm 13. I'm 50. Dan Miller goes, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Sit on the front porch and rock yourself into an oblivion? And I started laughing. And I said, no, I'm going to travel. He said, you've been traveling. It's time to get back to work. He said, you need to coach. So Dave Ramsey invited me to do Entree Leadership Mastery Series. Dan Miller invited me to do Innovate. And I fell in love with it, Brian. It was absolutely incredible. So we prayed about it, thought about it, and uh, we launched View from the Top. And now we have clients nationally and internationally. We have eight mastermind groups called Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, We have a community with men all over the world. We help ordinary men become extraordinary. And God has opened the floodgates. And man, I'm telling you, (laughs) we're having a blast and life change is happening and people's professional life is going through the ceiling as a result of being around other men that are taking their lives to that level as well so brian there's 38 years buddy in two minutes so that's awesome that's my backstory so let's talk about view from the top because that that is your company name that's how you launched a number of years ago and and through that process all the coaching the consulting and the the uh, mastermind groups, all of that. And if I understand correctly, in fact, I, I don't need to frame it that way. I'm holding in my hot little hands a pre-launch copy of this beautiful book called View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. Dude, what a masterpiece this is. Yeah, thanks, man. Listen, that's uh, it's like giving birth to a child. It is. <laughs> we it? went through two, two and a half years to put it together, and it has been absolutely life transformational for me to be able to sit down and write this book. Well, I tell you what, uh, you sent me a copy of this a couple of months ago, and I've had the privilege of going through it, and I'm telling you, uh, it is, it's like... Uh, 
It's not. It's a, about a 200-something page book, I believe, something like that. Yeah, 198 pages. But there is a lifetime of wisdom in the within the covers of this thing. And I'm just, dude, I can't recommend it high enough. Okay. Just kind of give us the backdrop of the book. What is the framework? What is the thesis? And, and what were you trying to share here? Well, as you just said, 38 years of business, you know, have given us a little bit of experience. And there were so many eras that we did along the way. You can only imagine with 12 businesses, the mistakes that you make. And a lot of them were personal mistakes. Some of the things that I had harbored, you know, within me, how to overcome, you know, great tragedy. And I have a chapter in the book called blindsided i mean i didn't see that coming right august 1st 2001 my life couldn't have been better we had a place on the beach in destin we have a great home here i mean life was good and then boom man out of the shadows came this devastating travesty and uh, i talk about it in the book well i could have curled up in a fetal position and given up you know i didn't really have to go back to work but i'm like hey there's other things to be done and i help people overcome those obstacles many people go through financial devastations they go through relational devastations and i teach you that there's life after that and i help you overcome those obstacles there was a sense of bitterness that i was harboring in my life because some people had done me wrong in some business deals and I could either languish in that or I could overcome it, move on. And I elected to do that. There was mastermind groups that I've been with two decades. And I tell the value in the book of getting people around you to support you, edify you and encourage you and take you to that next level. And we talk about retiring and I'm like, man, I'll never retire. You know, I've tried that three times. It's not what you think. And I teach people to have more purpose in their life and have a reason to get out of bed because I got fat and lazy because I didn't have any reason to get up. See, I wasn't contributing to anybody's life. And in the book, I try to teach you how to have great success. I love to make money, Brian. There's no, so you love to make money too, but I don't want money owning me, right? I want to own the money, right? I don't want to make it my God. I want to make it a tool to help me live a better life. Most people say I'm going to be successful. And at some point I'm going to live significant. And I'm like, no, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can do both. And let me teach you how to do both. And I walk you through that 38 years personally and professionally sharing the trials and tribulations that I experienced, trying to keep you from having to do that, teaching you how to live very successful financially, simultaneously living a significant life and thinking about other people. That's awesome. You know, I, I just going through the book, There, there's one thing that you talk about here that's so near and dear to my heart. As you know, I've been through a pretty significant transition the last four or five years. And, and for the record, I turned 50 in January of this year, which is, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, one of the things I've learned the last few years is that relationships matter, who you have around you matters. And a lot of times the people you've done life with for years, uh, some of them become what you call naysayers mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're not, they're not as supportive or maybe as encouraging as you had hoped they would be when you decide to take your life to the next level. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you got to be really careful who you surround yourself with. We've chosen very carefully for decades now who we're around. Uh, We want to be around people that edify you, encourage you, lift you up, at the same time call you out. And some of you guys have been around some of the guys I mentioned earlier. They'll call you out in a minute, and I needed that. 
There were often times in my life where I needed somebody to go, hey, hold on, big boy, time out. Quit reading your own press clippings. You're not that great. Or they would say, hey, man, push through that upper limit challenge. You can do this. I got confidence in you. See, we need people like that. But the truth of the matter is everybody's not going to go on the journey with you. That's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. People take different paths at the fork in the road. And I want people around me because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Rohn said it and it is absolutely nothing more the truth than that comment and the rising tide raises all ships i mean those things are true and i want people around me that's going to edify my grandchildren my children that's going to encourage them it's going to take them to the next level that's going to tell them the hard things when they need to hear it i tell people all the time if you want to feel warm and fuzzy go buy yourself a puppy but if you want to take your life to the next level get yourself in an accountability group a master mind group where you meet weekly where they can know you intimately and your life will go to the next level so you've got to pick and you've got to be very deliberate of the people that you spend the most time with absolutely Uh, you mentioned a term a moment ago in that comment about upper limit problem Mm. and that is something that I've been looking at now for a couple of years. Talk about that a little bit more. Yeah Gay Hendricks did a marvelous job writing a book called The Big Leap And entity talks about we all have upper limit challenges. And I'm going to tell you, you think I'll be happy when, and then if I get this much money, then I'll be good. All you do is continue to move the bar. We're humans, right? We're created to grow and we want to grow, but we often reach different upper limit challenges. And so this book teaches you how to push through those. You can't do it alone because the enemy to excellence is isolation. You only have Mm -hmm. one filter. You only have one lens by which to look at things through. And then when you have collective minds around you that have high IQs. Now we go to the genius level, right? You can't do that alone. You can't do your life alone. We were created to be in community and you need other people surrounding you to take you to that next level. Man, there is so many times and I've got to be honest with you. About four and a half years ago, we did a come as you will be in five years at Dan Miller's mastermind group. And I stood up before the group and I told them that I wanted to do a book, but I was afraid. And I didn't realize it until I did that presentation. The reason I was afraid because my mastermind group had people like Ken Abraham in it. Ken's the author of 115 books. He's done like, you know, Joel Osteen's book and Lisa Beamer, let's roll. And, you know, Payne Stewart and George Foreman, Viente Fox, and you name it, he's done those books and sold millions of copies. And then Dave Ramsey, you know, has sold millions and millions of copies of his book and Dan Miller. And I was intimidated. It was an upper limit challenge for me because I was saying, hey, these are my peers. And what happens if my book is a failure? And I was afraid. And Ken Davis is in our mastermind group. And I shared that. I just shared honestly. I was transparent. I was vulnerable. I stood up before our mastermind group and said, that's the reason. And Ken Abraham, I mean, uh, uh, Ken Davis wrote, a great book called Fully Alive. Oh, yes. Changed said, my life. He said, well, that's the whole point. He said, Avery, let me tell you something. He said, I wrote Fully Alive. And he said, 17 people wrote me letters and said, as a result of reading this book, I elected not to commit suicide. Mm. And he said, if nobody else reads the book, he said, it was worth it. He said, what if you only change one life? 
What if you only affect one person? Would it be worth it? And I put a stake in the ground that day and I said, yes, it would be worth it. And I'm going to write the Deck Gum book. And that's what I did. I spent the next two and a half years writing the book and I pushed through that upper limit challenge. That's amazing. Uh, And, you know, I think I do a lot of coaching, as you know, I do a lot of consulting and uh, I have a mastermind group that we facilitate and and, uh, lead. And in in working with people now for 27 years, and you you know my background, I was in pastoral church ministry for 25 of those. Uh, People don't understand, I think, how real that challenge is because there is a ceiling that each of us are banging our head against. And what happens is it's uncomfortable enough that we tend to back away. We take a couple of steps back and just settle into whatever average is, whatever status quo is, because it's simply more comfortable there. But there is a desire, I think, in each of us to to break through that, and we have to, one, believe it's possible, and two, we have to, I think, dream and envision what could be on the other side of that. What are some of the processes that you walk people through in the book and in your coaching to help them begin to see beyond the ceiling, beyond the upper limit challenge? Well, let's talk a little bit more just for a second about that ceiling that you're talking about. And here's what happens invariably. And I, as well as you, have coached for a number of years, a lot of different people. And here's what happens. We'll always revert back to familiarity, even Mm -hmm. if it's painful, because we know how bad the pain is. The reason we don't push through is we don't know what's on the other side. And that's more uncomfortable than staying in the pain that you're presently in, because you don't know how bad or good it could be. And so you revert back to that familiarity. Somebody has to help push you out of that. They have to make you go to the next level. I started doing Facebook Lives a year and a half ago, and I'm not real comfortable on video to start with. And I threw the phone up there one day and said, hey, Big A, coming to you live from the station camp Greenway. And it felt real uncomfortable and it felt awkward uh, because I didn't like to see myself and I didn't like to hear myself. And I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. People said, hey, the message is encouraging and keep doing it. And one day you have to go, the message is more important than the way I feel or what I'm doing to take the other person's life to the next level or the purpose and the reason behind what we're doing is more important than the way it's making me feel. And over time, I have become more comfortable. I haven't got any better, but I've just realized that the message is more important than the way I feel. It's the purpose. See, the passion won't keep you there. Passion gets you started, but passion usually flames out. But here's what keeps you there. It's the purpose purpose. I give everybody the analogy. If there were two buildings side by side, a hundred stories high, and it put a board between the two and said, for $10, I want you to walk the plank. No way. But let's put your daughter on top of one of the buildings and set it on fire. Now, not love nor money will keep you from going across that plank because your purpose is larger. See, we've got to figure out what our purpose is. And I help you uncover that In the book, I talk about the immeasurable rewards that are headed your way that you don't even know is coming. I talk about breaking free, getting through these challenges, these upper limits and pushing it. I talk a lot about setting boundaries. People say, I don't want to do that because that's confining. No, setting boundaries is liberating. It gives you the privilege to operate within this sphere. It gives you the great boundaries that you need. And I talk about how iron sharpens iron as 
one man sharpens another, just as iron sharpens iron. You got to let the sparks fly. Brian, you know, we've been in mastermind together and you know that you have to call each other out and help each other. These are the things that I help you realize in the book to help you push through those upper limit challenges. That's awesome. Absolutely incredible. Another area that you cover in the book that really just leaped out at me was there is this crazy phenomenon in our culture today where everyone wants instant gratification and we, we shy away from what you call the mundane tasks because over time it's like, you know, why am I even doing this? But you talk about there is a harvest coming. And I, how many people have we met that have been pushing at it, plugging at it, doing the thing they know to do, but they begin to get a little discouraged because they're not seeing the results that they think should be, you know, revealing themselves already. So talk about that a little bit. How, why is it important not only to persist, but to believe in the harvest? Well, here's the thing, Robin and I, when we started, we got married two weeks out of high school. <laughs> I look back mm. down, I think, oh my goodness, she was 18 years old, graduated in uh, May, and we got married in June. <laughs> I look back now and think, oh my goodness, what would I have done or said? But anyway, hey, praise God, we celebrate 37 years in June this year, so it's been uh, I told you you're old. Awesome man, I'm so, experience. I'm 28 this, month, know, this week, actually. I know. Congratulations. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Uh, You're a newbie. But anyway, anyway, (laughs) hey, here's what we said when we got married. We said, listen, we have an opportunity before us. There's these two guys that are going in partners with us to open a business because I was broker than a convict. I mean, I didn't have any money. And Robin had less money than that. We came from very humble beginnings. And I said, Robin, we cannot screw this up. I mean, we may never get a chance like this again. So what we're going to do is focus on the debt. 10-year loan, $150,000. That was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now, but when you're 18 years old, that was a lot of money. And I said, we're going to focus on that note. And we did. Brian, we paid that note off in three years. We could have increased our lifestyle. We could have had a nicer house. We had a one-bedroom condo, 550 square feet. My note was $205 a month. I put $500 down on a $19,000 condo, and we lived there, and we poured all the money back into the business, and we said, we're going to hammer this thing. We're going to delay gratification. As Dave Ramsey says, we're going to live like no one else, so later we can live like no one else. We did that same process four times, and we done without so that later we could have. I built a company, and we sold it to a Fortune 500 company. What if I hadn't delayed gratification? What if I had increased my lifestyle, bought a bigger house, fancier cars, been on nicer trips? I wouldn't have had the money to reinvest. And that's what's wrong today. We want it instantaneously. We want it microwave. Guys, listen, quit thinking about Friday and next month. Think long term. Think about your future down the road. How will my life be different if I make the right decisions today? We have got to learn to delay gratification. That's so important. So important. I've got, man, I could talk to you all day, but there's two more things that I absolutely have to get you to unpack for us a little bit here. One is... Talk to us about the epidemic of entitlement and how it relates to your book and what you teach there. 
Yeah, nobody is entitled to anything. <laughs> Let me just say, that. I could wow, probably stop right nice. there. But here's the thing: people, you know, have parents, and their parents die, and they leave them money, and the kids say, "Well, they better leave me the money. It's owed to me." No, it isn't. It's their money. You're not entitled to anything. You got to go out there and make your own way. You know, we're not entitled to anything. What you're entitled to is being compensated for an honest day's work that's what you're entitled to and get rid of that entitlement mentality it's not the government's place to take care of you although i will say there are incidences where people need help i'm all for that but it's not a way of life it is not there's people that have handicaps i get that i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the people sitting on the couch at home watching oprah every day and they could be out there working i'm saying that we have to stand up and take responsibility for ourselves it's no one's responsibility but yours to provide for yourself and for your family so own up to it take the responsibility and get out there and go for it when i was young my mom had a saying it was can't couldn't do it and could did it all i titled my first chapter that because it's a mindset see you have to believe in yourself you have to believe i can do this my mom wouldn't allow the children to say can't she'd say you might not be able to do it but you're gonna try as a result of her pushing me we were successful at many things we wouldn't have tried there were many things i was not successful at but she at least made me try that's where the entitlement mindset went away she was like make away when i turned 18 she said hey you're gonna start paying rent it's 125 dollars a month uh, we don't need the money but you need the practice and i'm like what if i'm gonna do that i'm gonna get married and move out and that's exactly what i did but my problem is with people today is hey you owe me this they, people listen nobody owes you anything take responsibility right. that's awesome you know my entire brand and my my passion is helping people to think, to live, and to execute strategically. And you talk in the book about the, the importance of living proactively. Uh, gosh, so many people are just, their chain gets yanked every other day, and they're pivoting, changing directions, and running after this shiny object and what have you. Talk a little bit about planning strategic thinking, proactive thinking, how does that relate to uh, getting to the top and living a life of significance? Well, here's the thing. Robin and I, we didn't even know we were doing this initially and later years, you know, we were young. Later years, we discovered what we were doing, but we wanted to live our life proactively. I didn't want to live a life that everybody else said I should. I get tickled Mm. sometimes. You got to be careful the way I say this. Don't should on me right it, it's not it listen it's our life right i want right. to live i want to see the things that i want to see i have bucket lists i have places i want to live i want to live our life strategically on purpose i don't want to live reactive i don't want to go out and make all the money i can and then build the lifestyle based on that amount of money i want to go how do i want to live brian i live in a very comfortable house it's back in the woods i could afford a much bigger house i don't want a much bigger house i want to be at the ballpark with my grandkids three nights a week i want to be at the gym watching my granddaughter play basketball 
I don't want to be a slave to a great big house so I can show the community that I can afford a great big house. See, that's not what we want. We choose to live the way we want to live because my identity is not tied up into possessions and it's not tied up in titles. And so I don't have to impress other people. Robin and I sit and we think, how much do we want to make? Where do we want to go? How do we want to teach our children, our grandchildren? I even wrote a document called What Do I Want? And in the document, it makes you think it's not that hard. I mean, just sit on the porch with your spouse. If you're single, sit out there and go design the life you want to live. Quit living reactive and start living proactive. And one of the questions on the document says tomorrow morning, if you got up, there were no geographic or financial limitations. What would you do with your life? Nine out of 10 people can't answer that question. They're just living for bigger, better, shinier, more, faster And it's not really going to scratch the itch like you think. So people live proactive, not reactive. You know, you you touch a span of people. And by that, I mean, as far as uh, demographics are concerned, you you have such a way with young men. And I one of the things that I've been pondering and quite honestly praying about is the possibility of formulating something for young men to mentor young men to success, to significance to wealth, to uh, to significant influence in their life, all of those things, because there seems to be a great absence of fathers and mentors. Uh, you know, my son's 22, has a beautiful heart. You know, he loves God. He lives clean. But like a lot of kids in that age bracket, the millennials, they're they're just struggling to find their way. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that there's just not a systematic approach to mentoring going on out there. You have a way with those young men. Talk a little bit about uh, what you see in the need and what some of these younger guys who have a desire to live like you're talking about to to really arrive at that place and and be successful and be uh, influential and have an impact in their life at a young age. Yeah, man, you are so spot on, Brian. You're so right. There's absentee dads everywhere. Oh, man. And da- if you're a dad, listen up just for a minute. If you hadn't heard anything in this interview, listen up right now. It's incumbent on us to teach our children, and we're not doing it. The reason we're not doing it, we've got our high end at work trying to make more money to pay for things that we can't afford, and our children are suffering at home because of the absentee dad. What's yeah. going to happen is you're going to come home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers one day and i want to tell you those kids are not going to have an opportunity or chance because you were too busy trying to make money rather than instilling values in your children we led a group called the torch for six years i had five young men 25 to 35 years old come to my conference room along with their dads And I coached them for six and a half years in my office. It was one of the most exciting experiences I've ever been involved in. And you teach them how to be men. You teach them what character means and honesty and integrity, how to delay gratification, how to stand up and be a man and lead your family. And they went out and now they have unbelievable relationships. They have wonderful children. They're leading their family spiritually. They have their priorities in the right place. Man, Brian, please do that. We need that. If this interview is for nothing but for you to hear from me, do it, right? I mean, hey, you've been praying about it. Maybe God sent me here to tell you, Brian, you need to do this. I'm listening. Well, you do need to do it. And other, if you're feeling that, 
Guys, you need to do that. We have to get other godly men around us to support us, to help us. The world is sucking in the kids. They're not teaching them. They're telling them what they want to hear, the things that feel good. It's hard to be a great man. It is. It's difficult making the choices, looking at the things that we should and shouldn't, leading our families, being the husbands that we should be, being the dads that we were called to be. Man, it is time for us to stand up and be the men that God called us to be. So, hey, my hat. It's off to you, man. Go for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, how can our audience, our precious uh, group of followers and leaders, uh, connect with Aaron Walker? You've got this great book coming out. First of all, listen, if you're if you're hearing this podcast, and I know there's thousands of you that do, you just have to buy the book. This book is one of the best written and most significant. Some books are full of fluff, and let's just be honest about it, Okay. Uh, there's, you know, maybe two or three good chapters. The rest of it's just fluff. This book is wall to wall, incredible, life altering, life changing, life building content. So I want to encourage everyone in our audience to, to connect and get this book as soon as it's available. So Aaron, tell us first how to connect to you on a consistent basis. And secondly, how can these guys get the book? Yeah, thank you so much, Brian, man. I'm so humbled that you had me on and that you're allowing me this opportunity. But first of all, viewfromthetop.com is where you can find me. My cell number is there, uh, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. It's all there, viewfromthetop.com. And I want to take just a second to say this because I so believe in it. Not that I'm trying to make the sale to make money because I so believe in the message. I've not done this on any interview, but I'm going to tell you, if you open the book up, I want to tell you a few of the people that are endorsing this book, and some of you will have confidence in them. Maybe you've never heard of me. It's Dave Ramsey, Ken Abraham, David Hancock, Jeff Goins, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Ray Edwards, Chris Brogan, Cliff Ravenscraft. The, it, the list just goes on and on and on. Grant Baldwin, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, Tom Schwab, Ken Davis. We've got just lists of people that are promoting and pushing this book because they're like you. They're like Brian Holmes. They believe in what we do. They believe in the message. These guys are very credible. They're God-fearing men. They have huge platforms, some of them, and they believe in what we're doing. You can get the book right now. Go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash book, viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. And let me tell you what we're doing, Brian, that's, I think, really, really beneficial to your listeners. There are five interviews that I did with some of the most amazing people uh, one of them leads a $175 billion organization, and I wow. do an interview with him. The nuggets are invaluable. And then there are four other interviews that I do with people. I'm giving those away with the pre-order of the book. There's another book that I wrote called The Mastermind Blueprint, yes. and I teach you how to build very successful mastermind groups. And recently we received Seth Godin's endorsement. It's right on the front of the book. I'm going to give you a copy of that also, but you've got to order it now because this expires June the 20th. So if you want to get it and right here we are in, in May, you've only got a few more weeks to get it. So go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash book and you get view from the top, the mastermind blueprint in five unbelievable interviews that I do with guys that you're going to love. So Brian, thank you, buddy. Aaron, it is an honor and a privilege to have you 
on our program, and I mean that, uh, you're, you've always been a great friend to me and to the work that we're doing. I so totally believe in you. J- just for my audience to know, this is one of the guys that I listen to. This is one of the guys that, I, that when he talks, uh, it ha- it's substantive and it, it makes a difference in my heart and my life. And I, I always want to bring you all the best. And Aaron, you are a world changer, and I'm so grateful to have you on again. And Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to invest in our audience. It really means a lot. Thanks a lot, Brian. Have a great day, buddy. You too. Well, I trust that you were blown out of the water just like I was. Aaron Walker, thank you so much for your time and for your heart. Thank you for your wisdom. Folks, go to brianholmes.com forward slash 252 to get the show notes. All of the links we mentioned will be there for you. Make sure you avail yourself of some of the the quotes, the tweetables, uh, some of the incredible rich wisdom that was conveyed today by this great man. I also want to encourage you, be sure to go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash book, viewfromthetop.com forward slash book and pre-order the book. Get your hands on his book, View From The Top, Living a Life of Significance. All the bonuses, all the things he mentioned, those will be available to you there. You must connect with Aaron Walker. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Keeping in mind, we have a lot of excellent, really cool things going on here at brianholmes.com, not the least of which is the announcement that I made at the beginning of the program. If you missed that, go to brianholmes.com forward slash next level, brianholmes.com forward slash next level next level. You absolutely want to be a part of the webinar, the training we're offering for free, but you must register today. brianholmes.com forward slash next level. Be a part of it. Uh, We want to show you some tools, give you some systems, and share some concepts with you that we believe will take your life, your leadership, your business, your ministry, and your heart to the next level. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you. May you absolutely find your lane live it out, and share great strategic influence. Take care, everybody.